Hey, what's up, guys? This is Tanner with Fear the Father. I'm here with the guys from the 43 Project, and today we're going to be talking about what it means to be a Christian and a leader and a teacher and to be outspoken about your faith. So I wanted to start off today, uh, not by like giving a warning on a negative note, but um, just kind of making a point clear to people because I think that in today's society, everybody is super eager to share their opinion and be super outspoken about what they believe. And although I think that's good, I think everybody should have you know freedom of speech and their right to talk and share their opinions about things. I think it's also important that you're sharing the right information and that you're talking about the right topics and things that you are really educated on and you're doing it in a way that's loving and accepting and caring of everyone. Like I know I have to work on this a lot and it's something that I constantly think about. So that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it today because it's been something that's plagued me in the past and it just has a lot of effect on your life. And so you have to be kind of aware of that. And so I just want to be talk or I just want to start off with James uh chapter 3 verse 1 which is a great scripture. I don't think many people would think that this exists or is in the Bible, but it is and so it's just an important note for people to have as you begin to grow your faith and maybe become more outspoken about what you believe. And so James 3 verse 1 says, "Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly." We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And I think that that's very realistic, right? I think the first thing that you come to terms with as a Christian is that in our very nature, in our core, we are all sinners and we all fall short of being worthy of the grace of God. Uh, And that's why we are Christians at our core is because we cannot be saved on our own and we need a lord and savior who can save us and who paid the ultimate price the ultimate sacrifice for our lives for our souls and so it's important to keep that in mind as you start to become more outspoken and maybe learn things about your faith and if you choose to take a more public platform or a more outspoken stance on things and go into the public's eye of teaching it's important to remember that you know, you got into this because you're not perfect. You can't hold yourself up on a pedestal and be better than everyone else. You won't reach your audience that way. And at the same time, you're also going to receive a lot of scrutiny. You know, if you are saying that you are a devout follower of God and trying to profess your faith to other people, especially non-believers who are maybe resistant to the message, they're going to be really quick to point out all your faults and all the places that you fall short and kind of like call you out for being a liar, you know, or a cheat or someone who only applies the Bible where you see fit and whatnot. If it doesn't fit their agenda and their message, they'll be especially likely to do that. And it's it's natural, guys. It is the way that people react. And it's not something that you should let tear you down. It's not something that you should let discourage you. But you should be wary of it. You should be aware that it's there and it's it's evident that it's possible that it could happen. Uh, the Bible talks very openly about it. Um, so just being aware of that as you go into this challenge and you take this on, 
that you will receive more scrutiny. You will receive uh, a little bit more analysis, I guess, from your crowd is something to just be aware of. And so how do we combat that, right? Like, how do we how do we make sure that our message is valid and our message holds weight and is and is worthwhile to these people? And I think that answer comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Live such good lives among the pagans that they accuse you of doing wrong. They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So again, I forgot one word in that. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So I think that that's really important because it just says, um, you know, it shows that although people are going to criticize you for doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, and the pagans are the non-believers in this case, they're going to see your actions, and you're going to witness to people by the way that you act. So although you can speak and share your words and share your message verbally, it's really going to require that you back that up with your physical actions in order to uh, really drive home the message or have it be a worthwhile message and one worthy of them listening to and adhering to. It's like the classic cliche, actions speak louder than words, right? Like the Bible, that's literally biblical. Your actions are going to speak louder than your words. You can stand up and say that you shouldn't cheat and lie, but then if you go and in business cheat and lie and steal from people, like no one's going to believe the message that you're giving if you're not following it yourself, right? If the advice that you're giving somebody else isn't good enough for you to follow it, why are they going to follow it? And I think that that just rings true for a lot of people um, in believing whatever they're choosing to believe. Like, is the person who's telling me this living it out or are they not? And if they're not living it out themselves then I'm not going to follow it either because obviously whatever they're telling me isn't that great of advice. They're the ones with the information on it already and they're not choosing to do it. Why would I do it as well? And I think that uh, the next thing that the Bible says about this is um, in Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 through 28, it says, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And the reason why I wanted to share that verse is because I think also that people, when they start to get into positions of teaching and speaking they want to be held on a pedestal or they want to seem like they're better than others and deserve praise or glorification or something like that and that's not the example that Jesus gave us when he came here for to earth to to show us and to be the ultimate leader for us you know right he literally laid his life down for us and was a servant for us he washed his disciples feet and he was constantly working for the people not not wanting anything in return, right? Like Jesus never asked for an offering. They took up offerings to fund their efforts and their ministries, but he wasn't out saying, "Oh, you have leprosy, that'll be a 20 and I'll get you I'll get you cured of leprosy." "Oh, you're blind. That's an extra hard miracle. That one's going to cost 150." "Oh, you're you're a tax collector. Oh, you're wealthy, broken leg. Oof. 
I'm going to run you for 500 on that one. No, he wasn't doing any of that. He was just out serving people and sharing the word and um, really just putting himself last in so many situations, you know. I think that it's important that people notice in the Bible how often Jesus preaches to a crowd and then he tries to leave and the crowd like literally chases him down and follows him wherever he's going and then he preaches some more and then he's like all right guys like I seriously need to recharge like I have to go I have to go rest and it's not until like after he's gone and preached been followed and preached again does he finally then, you know, get away and go pray to God and go get himself in some isolation so that he can rest and recuperate and get ready for the next day's work? And I just think that really speaks to the servant leadership. As we teach, you know, a lot of times we feel like, hey, I want to give my message right now because I have my message. And then as soon as your, like, inspiration is over, you just say, okay, I'm good. Like, I've said my piece, and now I want to be done. And I don't think that that is the right way to do things either. Um, and then the last thing that I would say that about being a leader, which is kind of counterintuitive, but again, it's a biblical example and it's kind of what Jesus taught us to do. And that is the idea of submitting to authority. I've talked about this in one of my previous episodes about submitting to authority and what authority looks like and why it's so important. But I think that it's really important in being a leader as well, right? Jesus was, as I said, the ultimate leader, but that dude submitted to power all of the time. You know, it, I think of the classic verse when he is asked about paying his taxes. He says, why would I, why would I not pay my taxes? Why would I tell you not to pay your taxes? Who's, whose face is on the money? Is it Caesar's? All right, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Like, I'm not trying to live above the law. I'm submitting to all of that, and I'm going to operate within the legal means of all of those earthly authorities, and I will still be an authority. I can still be a godly authority while I submit to earthly authority. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says in verse 13 and 14, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. And I think that that's just the place that we have to start. Again, this goes back kind of to do your actions, follow your message, right? If you want people to, in a way, submit their own thinking to your message and to follow what you have to say and to learn from your teaching, they have to see that you're willing to submit to somebody else's way of thought as well. And that is most easily done, I think, in forms of authority, right? If you, if I was out here preaching the Bible and not following my biblical principles that I'm teaching, then people wouldn't listen and it wouldn't hold any value. But if I was out telling you not to run stop signs and that I was running through stop signs, like that's even way more obvious, you know, or if I'm telling people that they shouldn't steal and then I'm robbing places at gunpoint like that doesn't work either it's the same principle that applies here like you have to follow the biblical laws and rules that you're teaching to people if you want others to follow them as well and I think that I guess my point is is that when you're preaching to people who don't have a faith they're not going to be able to see you following the rules in the bible because they don't know them that's where I'm going with that They'll see it in the way that you live your daily life. You know, are you speeding everywhere recklessly? Are you trying to cheat, lie, and steal your way through life? Are you running stop signs? It's the things that we do, like, on a daily basis. Even as simple as, like, jaywalking, 
you know i've been with people who are devout christians enough one a pastor at one of the churches that i went to this dude is an ex-marine tatted up just gnarly as all get out this this dude is just an absolute monster of a man and what did he do drove the speed limit everywhere it didn't matter if he was going to be late it didn't matter if he was going to get stuck in traffic it did not matter if it was 35 this dude was doing 34 in the right hand lane getting passed by grannies with walkers in their back seat with the little tennis balls on the bottom like he just submitted himself completely to authority so that when he was teaching his message people would realize that he had submitted himself to the same authority in a godly way and i think that that really spoke to people who were non-believers or didn't see that like submission can still be leadership so i think that that's really important to do as well so i in recap of today it's been a little hectic i would say my thoughts have been a little chaotic in this one but uh we'll do a little recap real quick here the first point that I made is that not everybody should be leaders or teachers. If you do so, make sure you are ready to uh, face a little extra scrutiny, right? Um, and then the way to kind of counteract that scrutiny is what I talked about in First Peter chapter 2, verse 12, and that's to live a good life. You know, have your actions speak louder than your words and go about living a life that is going to uh, display the principles that you're teaching in your word. And then the third is to just be a servant and to humble yourself and to work for others and to realize that what you're doing is God's calling for your life and he will give you strength and help you persevere through tough times. I should really do a message on perseverance that just made me think because like the Bible talks about perseverance everywhere. Like blessed are those who persevere. That's just an awesome word used scripturally all the time. That you'll, You guys will see that here in the coming weeks. Perseverance is going to be talked about here soon. Um, and uh, yeah, so just persevere, submit your will to God's be a servant to others is point number three and then point number four is just more about submission submit to earthly authority that'll be the greatest display to people who don't have a faith or don't have a relationship with god to see that they can listen to other people's words it doesn't make you foolish or ignorant to take somebody else's word for something everything that we've learned we had to take somebody else's word at some point in time in our lives like we didn't come up with any original thought really for the most part the majority of what we know was something that we heard from a trusted authority and we took it as truth and continued to live our lives that way so yeah i think that if you do those things you will have success as a teacher and it will be a little bit smoother for you you can prepare your heart and your mind to face a little bit of scrutiny and to be under the microscope a little bit and it will just help you find success and have the courage to continue your journey at teaching. And just remember that when you start out, you know, your thoughts and ideas may be crude, but they'll develop over time. If you if you look at what you taught 10 years down the road and you don't think you could have fine-tuned something or done it better, then I really question your growth and if you've really been working hard to improve. And it's okay to go back and rehash old topics and it's okay to change your opinions as you get more educated and grow all right guys i want to say thank you so much for tuning in this one was a little chaotic so thanks for sticking with me i appreciate it 
if you felt like this was helpful or you know somebody in your life that may want to be a teacher or may want to start speaking about the word or maybe you want to be speaking the word even to just your friends or your small social circle uh go ahead and click a like down at the bottom of this uh episode here and give us a five-star rating on our podcast page whether you're on spotify or the itunes podcast app and uh we'll be hearing from you have a good one